Hey guys, on this episode, we have Eric Danziger, the CEO of Invisible AI. Eric discusses Invisible AI's ability to measure cycle times and break down weaknesses in production. We also discuss some real life examples on how they were able to improve processes on the manufacturing floor. Without further ado, enjoy the show. This podcast is sponsored by Promus Incorporated, the leading provider of fully electric servo presses for manufacturing. Promus provides global support for pressing and motion control applications in multiple industries. With precise positioning and in-process force monitoring, your company will begin to see ROI on day one. Call 810-229-9334 or email sales at promusinc.com to speak with an expert engineer about your application today. Hey guys, welcome to Manufacturing Unscripted. I'm your host, Matt Roll. And I'm Lauren. Today we are joined with Eric Danziger from Invisible AI. Hey Eric, how you doing? You're doing great, Matt. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm a little excited to talk about what you have to offer today because it's a little bit different than I've, in terms of technology, I've seen before. Um, yep. But as a first-time guest, I always love to kind of listen to your story and your background um, and your your journey through manufacturing. Um, so if you wouldn't mind sharing a quick bit about that. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, I um, took kind of a, a different path, I guess, to, to working in technology. Uh, I was in the Army for uh, almost a decade uh, before going to graduate school. Uh, I wound up going to graduate school in Pittsburgh at uh, Carnegie Mellon to study robotics. Um, and robotics and, and AI, you know, one of the some of the most impactful ways that we can apply this technology in the real world is has always been in industry, right? This is, um, you know, some of the first real applications of robotics, some of the first real applications of computer vision, uh, going back decades and decades and decades. So um, it's always been kind of a draw, uh, and we've, you know, I've, I've kind of looked at um, tons and tons of facilities. It's something that I've always been just really interested in in manufacturing. Uh, in Pittsburgh, in Northern California, kind of what is, you know, the current state of, um, of just manufacturing in the United States in general. It's been, it's been, I think something that's just, it's, it's fascinating to see so many different facilities and just how complicated it is to make anything. Mm-hmm. I think it's something that, you know, we, we, we kind of take for granted a lot of times, um, just even okay. something as simple as, as, you know, food and beverage, right? It's, yep. it's mm-hmm. this massive application. Um, so I, uh, um, Study robotics. Uh, after that, though, you know, there's this whole period um, almost 10 years ago where everybody was really, really excited about self-driving, right? So this is something mm-hmm. that's kind of come and gone, and it's maybe coming back. We're kind of, you know, in the yep. in the different parts of the Gartner hype cycle the whole time. Um, so I, I took a brief stint working at a company called Luminar. Uh, they they developed LiDAR for self-driving vehicles mm-hmm. um, and uh, built a, a uh, software team for them to tackle the the soft driving side of the house. So they were a LiDAR company. We kind of built them into a full stack solution. Um, and then uh, with my uh, co-founder, Pratik, um, left that company to start Invisible AI. All right. Uh, first off, uh, thank you for your service. Um, I did not come across that on your background, but yeah, thank you so much. Um, uh, yeah, so I, I thought it was interesting when um, kind of doing a little research that you did work in kind of the autonomous vehicle um, sector. And uh, uh, one thing that I think I kind of read about you was is you kind of made the jump because you were kind of, I don't want to say impatient, but 
there was technology that you noticed that could be used right now and and yeah. it was more of a well i don't want to wait for the car to come out for people to get to be able to use this technology when they can be benefiting from it now and, yeah and, I and, think, and yeah go ahead Sorry, no. I, I think that's it, right? I think yeah. that you know this is something that we've just seen in, in self-driving. We left mm -hmm. um, something like five years ago, right? Mm -hmm. And we're just getting to the point now um, where companies like Cruise and Waymo can start to operate during the day in one city. Yeah, um, and that's it's you know the rate of progress there has been incredibly slow. They've spent billions upon billions of dollars to kind of develop the technology to mm -hmm. where they're at, um, and it's clear you know it, it's it feels like it's starting to work significantly better but it still has a long long way to go yeah right um and the reality is you know that's that's just not a recipe for impact that's not yeah. how you're gonna you know change how the world works yeah. right so um at the same time the underlying technology like computer vision those mm -hmm. things those those have made humongous strides right um and obviously now right in the last year year and a half where we started talking about AI a heck of a lot more but even before that, right, even five years ago, it was clear how much of an impact this stuff was going to mm -hmm. have and how how well it worked yep. for what it was, right? Yep. Um, and I think that's, that's to me, the thing. That was the thing that was really exciting is that, you know, now we have this, this new technology. How are we going to apply this? Um, and how do, we, how do we get it out into the real world? That, that was it, right? Is, you know, yep. I don't want to wait 20, 30 years for this mm -hmm. thing to, to finally germinate and have an impact. Yep. And I think that's a, a very important, like, trait or characteristic of yours to be able to like identify like hey like this is going to make cars great but this can make a manufacturing great right yeah. now and and yeah. i think that's i think that's something special about you know what you and your your your, your co-founder kind of saw and 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 i guess let's, let's talk more about what you guys did with that and you created invisible ai so if you could share a little bit about what you guys are doing at at, at your company Absolutely. Um, so I think, you know, the, the, the crux of it was that we um, kind of identified that this technology was, was ready to make an impact, right? So what are we going to do with this? And, and I think computer vision is a, is a really challenging market, right? I think that mm -hmm. the defect monitoring is, is one of the oldest, you know, methods of computer vision. It's still a huge market. Um, and a lot of companies kind of wind up trying to, to put a new spin on that mm -hmm. existing kind of uh, category, right? Um, but I, I, we wanted this to, to be something that that is more impactful, right? So just to, to kind of talk about the technology a little bit, right? One of the core challenges in computer vision, and, and we see this a little bit with some of the other methods, but they, they you know, are starting with this really broad base of just all text on the mm -hmm. internet, right? So that's that's very helpful. Um, but in computer vision, right, it tends to be very specific to the, to the application that you're mm -hmm. solving. And so you'll see, you know, companies that are built around something like defect monitoring, right? Every defect they're looking for is different, right? Yeah. Every product they're looking for a defect on is different. Mm -hmm. And what that means is, is that that's a huge, huge, huge engineering challenge every single time you deploy a piece of, of technology um, to, to make it work well, right? And that's the problem they wind up solving. And, and it, you know, it's really, really hard to do incredibly well. It's hard to, to scale that up. Um, what we wanted was something that was not, you know, uh, uh, consulting a research project every time we deployed. We wanted yep. something that was more like a like a software product. Yep. Right. So Microsoft doesn't customize Word for you. Right. You get to open right. it up and you type whatever notes you want. And that's yep. that's it. And so, um, you know, that that kind of journey was a big part of our our kind of initial uh, period in this company was trying to understand 
how does that work, right? And so this is where coming back to, you know, some of the biggest problems that we have in, in businesses and in physical businesses, understanding their space, understanding, you know, how work is being done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reality is, right, as much as automation has made progress, we're still doing most of this work by hand, right? Mm-hmm. This is still mostly a, a, a manual uh, job. And so how do we kind of understand the movement of material, of people? How do we understand how work is being done? How do we make it more efficient, more safe, and, and improve quality? Uh, but not by looking for defects, right? But by understanding the process, understanding yep. how this is actually happening. Um, and that to us was, I think, a, a huge opportunity. So, um, you know, we wound up uh, being very lucky uh, working with some of the, the uh, biggest manufacturing companies in the world, uh, automotive OEMs. Mm-hmm. Um, these are people who, you know, literally get production systems named after them, right? Yeah. Uh, everyone everyone wants to to do their process, right? Wants to run their operations the way these guys do. Um, and it's, you know, uh, I think a really, really kind of unique challenge. So um, we we found that basically by architecting this in a specific way, right? By making sure that all the processing was happening at the edge, that everything was being done mm-hmm. locally, that we were focusing on human process and and how work is done as opposed to specific elements of a, of a product. Um, that we could scale this up to hundreds and thousands of cameras in a single facility, right? That we could create this whole map of how work is done. And that that is what then lets us kind of help them understand this, this missing uh, 20%, right? There's, there's this, mm-hmm. this amount of productivity that no one can kind of get beyond um, because it's just too hard to actually see. Uh, yep. And this is something that I think we've, we've seen in all these facilities. So um yeah, I don't know. I think it's, you know, this is a, a massive opportunity. This is something where, you know, uh, in these companies, they have they have spent so much time refining how they do process improvement, yeah. how they how they run their operations and and being able to finally get that last bit of productivity improvement. It's going to make a huge, huge difference in the industry. And, and I think you mentioned you know, the automotive industry, and, and I think that industry just happens to be kind of the the industry, the top industry in terms of when you talk about manufacturing and, and, and just productivity, right? Because uh, seconds, milliseconds to them is millions and millions of dollars. And so I don't think it's hard to sell what you're offering opportunity, right? To kind of save even, and, and I think people outside of manufacturing don't quite grasp it when you say, hey, I can save you, you know, 0.2 seconds per part, and, and people like, that's not very much. But when you think of the millions and millions of parts that one person's producing, it turns into millions and millions of dollars. And, and so, um, and, and that's something that I deal with. You know, I work within the manufacturing industry and automotive is heavy for us. And it's, it's always, we want to shave off 0.01 second. And like, again, in your head, you're processing like, that's okay. Just you know, move faster. I don't, I don't know, <laughs> you know, and so, but yeah, it, it's hard because there's a lot of, a lot of things that I think what you guys are offering shows them what like the naked eye doesn't see, you know, and, absolutely, you know, and I think that's, I think that's cool. And it, it kind of breaks into some of the questions I had about the technology. Um, and, and it was something that I, I read and that's, you know, just being able to put the sensors I guess I don't know how it works, but are you physically putting yeah. the sensors on an operator and like just tracking them or how does that work? Yeah. The, the, you know, many, many different attempts have been kind of 
made to, mm-hmm. to understand this problem, right? And I think that like, you know, for us, we like to think of it as really understanding the workspace, mm-hmm. right? So um, we developed these uh, these AI devices were kind of including stereo cameras, mm-hmm. an AI processor, a ton of storage, all of that on a single device. Um, and those devices go throughout an entire facility. And really what that allows us to do is build up this 3D understanding of a facility, right? And and especially in automotive, you can imagine, right, the moving line, moving assembly line, which is mm-hmm. the core of their business. This is yeah. where all the value gets added. Um, being able to understand that work as it moves, right, as someone is working on a, a vehicle as it goes down the line. Um, and that that's something that requires kind of this, this spatial understanding, right? We can't just be looking at a work cell. We can't just look at, you know, this one area um, in the factory floor. We need to understand the whole line, right? Because it all is connected. It all well, kind of impacts itself. And some lines are, you know, a mile long. So there's no way that yeah. you can, if you're looking on one end, there's no way you can grasp the the impact that it has all the way at the other end. Absolutely. So that's, you know, kind of this holistic awareness, mm-hmm. right? How do we show them their whole facility? How do we help them understand how all these pieces work together, where they're falling behind, where, you know, there, there is an improvement in process that's necessary. Um, and, and I think it's, you know, it's really, really impactful because again, you know, there's a lot of these things where you just can't see it. There, you, you have to be able to simultaneously watch the interaction of all of these mm-hmm. stations all day. Um, and, and that's just not possible, right? Mm-hmm. If we, if we put a thousand of our devices into a facility, that's, 16,000 hours of video a day mm-hmm. that we're going to generate, right? No, no human can watch that. That's yeah. not possible. Yeah. So you need, you need something to help you, right? Focus and say like, okay, this is what you need to be doing, mm-hmm. right? This is the area that has the biggest problem. This is, this is where people are struggling the most, right? This is where there's, you know, unsafe ergonomics and it's, it's causing an issue, right? This is where, you know, we're, we're seeing huge amounts of, of, frustration with equipment yep. right because mm-hmm. it's not operating properly it's slowing the whole process down so um that that's kind of the, the underlying idea right is yep. that we can give you now this full visibility of your facility um and it's it's something i think you know in, in a lot of ways it's, it's the culmination of this dream of, of mm-hmm. the digital factory of industry 4.0 of all of these mm-hmm. things right we've created so much information um, but it's not connected necessarily to anything, yep. right? And that's and that's a consistent problem that we see is a lot of these guys have tons of data. They have a PLC system mm-hmm. that's just spitting out what's happening on, on a regular basis. They have mm-hmm. MES systems. They yeah. have ERP systems. They have everything, right? But it, but it doesn't tell them what's actually happening. So yep. at the end of the day, you're going to get this nice report and it's going to say you missed your production targets. And it's like, well, thanks. Yep. I know, you know, yep. <laughs> I got it. Um, but but why, right? Why right. did they miss, right? What happened? And it's not always the same answer, right? Sometimes the problem changes day by day. You get a bad batch of parts from a supplier. You get, you know, yep. a machine, you know, gets gummed up and, and then it gets fixed, right? There's so many different things. A new person starts and they're just, they're just not doing the process properly. They haven't yep. been trained, right? So, so there's just tons and tons of stuff that happens every day. And how do you, again, see where the biggest impact is on your line and, and mm-hmm. go and fix that specifically? Out of curiosity, um, how long does it take to set up somebody's system? You know, like, so you're talking about these cameras. How long does I'm it sorry. take you guys to get all that set up? Yeah, this and this is an area that, that again is, is very important to us, right? Because right. this is part of this concept of us being more of a software solution than mm-hmm. than a computer vision solution, yep. right? We want this to just go in and get set up. So right. what we've worked on is is basically the ability uh, to to work with their existing digital systems, right? To intake some of their existing data, 
we can visualize, visualize that and kind of lay that on top of our video. Um, and then they will configure their process with our systems, right? Mm -hmm. And so uh, what that means is like a team leader, somebody who's, you know, first line supervisor in the plant can go through and we have a very simple workflow and they can kind of, you know, say, here's the workspace, here's the work piece that we're working on, here's our pick area. Mm -hmm. And that's all that we really need to get started analyzing these stations, right? And that's so cool. the, the absolute minimum amount of effort, right? Give us one example, mm -hmm. um, you know, we're, we're trying to make this incredibly simple to set up. Yeah because that's the only way that it scales, right? So yep. you have to imagine, again, setting up a thousand of these things, right? A small project for us is, is 50, right. right? And so like, that's that's not something that, you know, if that took months and months, each camera it would exactly. we, we'd never be done. I guess well, that's so. How quickly can you like produce results for them? So you're set up. That was my next question. And Matthew. like, how quickly, you know, can, you know, can you say I can offer improvements within, you know, a week? So that's, you know, what, what we can do is basically as soon as we've got that information, as soon as we've gotten configured and these cameras yeah. are set up, um, you know, sometimes it'll take a week, but, but a lot of that honestly is just scheduling, right? Yeah. It's just making sure that we're, you know, we have to come on site, we'll train you how to use it. You know, those once, once all of that is done, mm -hmm. uh, the system is live. And that's, that's yeah. the thing about this is everything is on prem, right? So everything is in our devices. Each mm -hmm. of our devices runs its own AI program. Okay. So, Nothing, nothing's going to the cloud. We're not mm -hmm. configuring anything like that. This is all something that happens locally and it happens in real time every shift, okay. right? So it will start creating data as soon as you've configured. That's all it, right? right? Nice. Um, the thing that, you know, that you're going to want is then, you know, can I compare different shifts? Can I compare this week and last week, right? Yeah, all of those things will baseline. just take, they'll just take time, right? To build that baseline. Yeah. But that's, that's more honestly just for for them to understand kind of the improvements. Um, you know, the way that we measure kind of labor efficiency, right? That that's something that you can do immediately, right? Mm -hmm. There's this, you know, this idea of kind of um, the overall equipment effectiveness, right? Or, or mm -hmm. you know, this idea that you're you're basically going to multiply all these numbers together. But but the challenge is that you know, when you're conduct when you're kind of creating a process, really successful process creation mm -hmm. in manual assembly is about maximizing work time. That's it, yep. right? Because the, the time that you're working on that product, you're adding value. Mm -hmm. That is that is the core of manufacturing, right? Is something raw materials come in, you add value and add value and add value, and then it goes out and you sell it. That's it, right? And yep. so um, we can calculate that for you, right? We can help you understand your true cost of labor. We can help you understand what is the kind of low and high efficiency yep. workstation. At, from nothing because you know you're telling me that you have a 60 second cycle time but the actual time on product is about five seconds well that's that's not very efficient right and what's going on they have yeah. to go walk and get apart right or they're mm -hmm. waiting for the, the station before them or something's happening yeah. right that's causing that drop in efficiency and that's something that you can see immediately mm -hmm. um but but you have to be able to see the work being done to get that information right you can't just yeah. pull that off of a, of a machine the machine will just tell you the total cycle time Yep. Um, so I have two questions. One, well, we'll start with this one. I guess what is, from where you have implemented Invisible AI, how, I guess, what type of, like, metrics or results are you able to share in terms of, like, what are some of the, maybe the higher results that you've seen? Like, uh, we were able to, like you just mentioned. Yeah, like KPIs. Change like, a 60-second cycle time to five seconds once we told them, Hey, you just got to have the part ready for him when he's ready to go. 
Is, is there any yeah. big ones that stand out to you that you're like, yeah, this this just changed their whole life? <laughs> so I think there's, you know, there's two, there's two kind of big ones that I'll, yeah. that I'll talk about. I think, you know, um, one of them, you know, is, is it's kind of, it's smaller numbers, but mm -hmm. it's more impressive in my mind, just because yeah. this is at a, an, an automotive OEM, right? Mm -hmm. So these are guys that like you're mentioning, right? You save a second. That's a huge amount. Yep. Um, so we actually took a, a line that they, you know, basically they knew something was going on. They didn't have time to go in and, and, and analyze it. Right. Mm -hmm. This wasn't a priority. They were just, you know, everyone has too much to do, right. Everyone's running around. Um, and we helped them basically just put, I think 5% more throughput oh, okay. on this line, which is, which is, again, yeah. those are really, really big numbers. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and 20% headcount reallocation. Right. So this is a plant that's about to hire, you know, several hundred people. Yep. Um, so being able to take a couple people off of this line and reallocate them to the, to the stations that are just standing up now is a, mm -hmm. is a really, really big deal, right? This yeah. is one of the biggest challenges you have in manufacturing is hiring yeah. and retaining. Um, and, and so being able to take people that you already have trained that already know your system that are already, um, you know, bought in and, and, mm -hmm. and excited to be there. That's a huge, huge deal. So yeah. that was, that was, um, uh, in a bigger it, it, facility. It just, so 20%, just kind of that's a, yeah, I would say just to build on what you said, that 5%, I mean, yeah. when we talk about automotive, we again, I don't know if we're tooting the automotive hat too much, but these these are these are the experts in manufacturing, right? So to to take something that they've created and say put 5% more output in it, that's yeah. that's really impressive considering that these are the people that everyone looks up to when they look think about how should I manufacture something. Yeah, and I like yeah. the idea of like the ROI of it all too, because like you said, moving people around versus hiring new people, and that training is essential, and that could take months to train new people, yeah. and that's just a bunch of time that's being wasted. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 definitely one of the hardest the hardest problems they have, and I think mm -hmm. uh, you know it's interesting. We we you know we look at a lot of different sectors of manufacturing, um, and it's it's. You know, there are things that you could argue are more complicated, right? In aerospace and this stuff, um, there are things you could argue are higher volume, but there's nothing that's that mix of really, really complicated, valuable product and high volume, like automotive. Like it's, it is a completely different world. Um, and that's, you know, there's a reason if, you know, there's a, some great stories from World War II um about the automakers kind of converting to, to build mm -hmm. tanks airplanes howitzers right yep that's that's kind of you know that's the thing that that i think uh gets lost a lot of times in in uh, in kind of thinking about how the world works right one mm -hmm. of my favorite sayings is from uh, uh i don't know i think he's a british general like 200 years mm -hmm. ago right amateurs talk tactics experts talk logistics right mm -hmm. like the hard mm -hmm. thing about fielding like a, a military force for example yeah it's not you know are we gonna take that hill are we gonna you know win this battle it's like how do you feed and clothe two million people right how do you ship food to them mm -hmm. around the world um how do you keep them you know from getting sick how do you you know make sure that they have like enough warm clothes and all yeah. this stuff right these Except are these are like the, the, the most complicated problems. Because those are also popular tactics of let's just wait them out until they don't have any food. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. so I mean, they're going to freeze. Eventually. Yeah, it all comes full circle for sure. <laughs> um, I have so, my other question, yeah. but you mentioned one other I've one heard. other example you wanted to mention. Um, mm. And then I have my follow up question. 
Yeah, absolutely. So this is a, you know, in a, in a small manufacturer. So mm-hmm. some of the small manufacturers, they, they have a, uh, it's kind of a subtly different set of problems, right? Yeah. They um, don't, they don't make the, the, the same amount of margin that the mm-hmm. uh, automotive OEMs make, right? They may not have as many kind of talented people who can do process improvement, who can, you know, do the, the re-engineering of, of all this uh, work areas and stuff like that. Um, and so they, they kind of need, I think more, um, just give me the answer, right? Yeah. Just help me understand like mm-hmm. how to make this improvement. I don't need the data. Just help me understand what to do. Um, and we took a, a smaller manufacturer. This was a, a, a group that was struggling quite a bit. They had a production target of 500 parts per shift and they were in the round 300 range, right? And they were okay. stuck there and they just could not get their productivity up. Um, and so we went across their entire line, right? It was about 20 stations and we were able to, you know, and, and it's no, it's never one thing, right? It's not mm-hmm. that there was just this one aha moment that solved everything for them, right? It's a million just little things, right? Like make sure that we're actually starting on time, right? Mm-hmm. Make sure that, you know, we're training people who, who, you know, don't understand the process of how to do all the steps because that's, that's how you're going to do it, you know, mm-hmm. efficiently in the time that's allocated, right? Um, and just, but just, just, you know, one thing after the other, helping them understand which stations were falling behind, what their production targets actually were. Mm-hmm. Right. And not saying at the end of the shift, oh, you missed it. But, you know, one hour in, are we up to pace? Right. Are we keeping track? Are we actually doing what we need to do? Um, and we took them from 300 parts to over 600 parts for sure. Oh, wow. So, and that's, you know, and again, no magic, right? This isn't yeah. something, you know, we didn't, we didn't reorganize their entire factory. We didn't, you know, put a bunch of expensive machines in there. Just, just doing the basics, right? Mm-hmm. Doing it well, understanding, and, and just helping them see where these issues were, um, because that, you know, that that process these automotive guys have, that's a lot of what it is, yep. right? It's not, it's not that they have incredibly fancy machinery. They just have learned through, you know, mm-hmm. almost a century in a lot of these cases, yep. right, of how to just do those incremental improvements, mm-hmm. right? Show up every day, find something that's wrong, fix it, right? Make sure that you're doing it better. Um, and so helping to drive that in these small manufacturers, um, can make a, a, a massive impact, right? Yeah. Like we're, we're very happy if we can make five, 10% an OEM, that's amazing. But to be able to double production in some of these factories, I mean, that would just change their entire cost basis, mm-hmm. right? That changes the the economics of, of what they're doing completely. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think it's, it's exciting. Yeah. Yep. So my follow up question and just maybe one example, cause I, I got to, in terms of process improvement, I got to imagine there's just been maybe one customer or one example you've seen. It's just such a bizarre delay or like thing that you've seen. Um, I know you said, you know, we're looking for the the best turnaround, but is there anything you've seen that's just like, I can't believe this is happening? Like, how have they not noticed this? <laughs> and you don't have to name any companies. Obviously, we don't want to throw anyone on the bus, yeah. but has there been anything you're just like blown away that they're like, wait, how, how have you not noticed this one? Um, if there's not, I guess that's a good thing. Man, but it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's hard, right? I think like yeah. the, the 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 challenges. Some of these are are, you know, um, they're just they're just crazy combinations, and it's it's yeah. just it's you know it's it's one of those things where uh, you know, I don't know. Again, the the some of this stuff. <laughs> you know, it compromises the product. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I'm not, shouldn't probably talk about that. Right. I think like there's, there's just a lot of things where I, I guess 
Let me just say, uh, if there's a way to do it wrong, um, someone finds we've out. We've definitely seen it. Yes. We've definitely seen yeah. it done that way. And you know everyone, what I mean? And that's yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, everyone, kind of the everyone that's kind of the bottom that. line. Yeah. yeah, you know, I think it's uh, you know, it's 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 crazy. You know, people will come up with and and honestly. Sometimes these are really ingenious solutions, right? Uh, yeah. For to make it easier for them, yeah. right? To to make the process mm-hmm. faster, but they'll put you know grease on a part that's you know then going to go get you know some sort of like Loctite or something, mm-hmm. and so now it's compromised and it won't mm-hmm. work, right? Yeah. Um, and it's things like you know in their process it made it faster, right? Yeah. And it made sense at the time, um, right? Or they'll skip a bunch of steps and like, well, actually no, we definitely need those steps, you mm-hmm. know. Or it'll be a safety critical part and someone's like hammering on something mm-hmm. to try and get it to like, you know, fit together. And you're like, ah, yeah, yeah those, no, those are good key insights, though, because it's definitely you know, I'm sure it happens <laughs> where it does make one person's life easier. And and people that far up the line don't think anything of it. And then somewhere yeah. they're like, I don't understand how this doesn't work down here. It, it, yeah. it yeah. This, the science says it should. And you find out that operator A, you know, it's just it's just he can. He's worried about his metrics, and he can produce twice as yeah. much if he throws a little grease on it. Mm-hmm. And, and it's and like the whole. You know what? Oh, sorry. It's a whole like you're you know you're too close to the forest to see the trees situation. Yeah. You know they're mm-hmm. they're working with these people every day, and they have relationships, and like they're like, I don't know how to tell this person they're doing everything wrong. But when you have that data right in front of you, like this is where things are holding yeah. up. This is where things are yeah. happening. It's like that's the proof you need to have that corrective action or have that process mm-hmm. change or whatever it is. So it's nice to have that so, data behind it. Yeah, and that's and and it definitely kind of removes some of the the, the emotion. And I think right, you know, you wind up in a lot of cases with, uh, you know, just it 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 just the teams are you know people are pointing fingers, stuff's going on. Mm-hmm. It's like, Hey guys, like you guys are both trying to do the same thing, right? Like mm-hmm. everyone's trying to make this work. Um, and, and yeah, there's, you know, the team leader who's, who's watching this person, you know, alter the process may not understand what's going to happen, you know, 12 stations later in someone else's area. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, they just, they don't have that holistic, that holistic view. Um, and I think it's, you know, it's, it's really, really interesting because it is really, you know, it does require some empathy, right? Like this yeah. is, yeah. these are, these are, very complicated jobs, right? Mm-hmm. The reason that they have such a hard problem hiring people is that it's 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 a you know this job requires you to be kind of athletic. It requires you to remember a lot of different mm-hmm. stuff, right? It requires you to know how to like put all these things together and be able to to kind of keep up your motivation to do that for for eight hours of a shift, right? That's not easy. So yeah. for them, you know, they're all making rational kind of adjustments yeah. and trying to make things better. Um, but they don't see exactly right that like there is this one one level above where it's like okay well that now changes everything that happens after you and it's going to create all these mm-hmm. chaos and all these issues so you know having having some of that visibility I think definitely helps and I think you know it's it's interesting honestly because I think there's also you know one thing that manufacturers are good at and and they have to be good at because you know margins are tight and all this stuff right is is saying no right is mm-hmm. is not spending money on something trying to figure out, you know, a clever way to do it um, and and not be, you know, not just immediately go out and buy a part to go fix something, mm-hmm. right? Um, but at the same time, you know, it, it's sometimes hard to understand the cost-benefit ratios and in, in, at the lower levels too, right? Where I remember, you know, we showed somebody, this is like a, you know, just a basic one that happens everywhere, right? This this machine wasn't, wasn't working properly. So they're, they're just jamming this button, mm-hmm. right? And they're trying to get the machine to cycle and it just isn't working. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, you know, 
if you're a first line supervisor, you, you, you know, you've been doing that process, you know, what's going on. You, you may not have sympathy. They're not doing it right. Right. Or just, just suck it up and just get it to work because we don't want to, you know, mm-hmm. have to call somebody out here. But if you're, you know, a VP and you're doing the calculations, you're like, wait, this is an extra five seconds. Every process, this is costing us millions of dollars. Yep. Like, no, let's, let's call that, you know, equipment yeah, manufacturer. Right. Let's get a rep out here. Let's mm-hmm. fix it. Right. And then the operators more, you know, just happier. They're not having to deal with this, this busted equipment and the, you know, the business is operating better. And so it's, you know, it, 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 I think even at a financial level, you need that kind of Mm -hmm. higher level of visibility to understand what is this ultimately costing me? Like this Mm -hmm. is, this is actually really expensive having this person be frustrated like this. Yep. Um, well, uh, we've had you on for, uh, a little bit longer than I think we talked about. So I, I want to make sure that I give you a chance to bring up anything or mention anything that you wanted to talk about, maybe that we didn't have a chance to um, before we wrap things up. Absolutely. Um, I think, you know, the, the, the headline for us is, is I think there's this entire area um, that just we haven't studied enough in, in mm-hmm. manufacturing um, just related to, to productivity and, and, you know, how do we understand the work being done? How do we make sure that we're being productive, we're being safe, um, and that we're doing things the right way? And I think you know we're we're excited to to try and explore that with uh, with with the industry broadly. So um, I think it's it's you know it's going to be a really exciting journey. Uh, we do just have a a video that just came out mm-hmm. um, that kind of explains a little bit more about about who we are and how it works, um, and uh, we can kind of play that and and yeah. Uh, have that be our, our wrap here. Yeah. Yeah. For everyone listening, I just, uh, before we kind of cut to the video, I just want to obviously thank you, Eric, for, for joining the show. Um, definitely very interesting. I, I mean, I, I did a little bit of research, but I don't think the, the, the research did you justice. Cause I think what you had to say was, is got me way more interested than just yeah. reading about it. Um, and so, so thank you so much. Um, and thank you everyone for listening. Please, please hold on and stay tuned. We do have a video but first, Lauren. <laughs> Don't forget <laughs> so. to rate, review, and subscribe uh, so you can tune in as we release episodes and you get notified. It's very awesome. And then we do have a YouTube channel, so feel free to pop on over there. Yeah. So uh, everyone that is watching, obviously, yep. uh, please hang out um, from this video from Invisible AI. Bye. Bye. Every day you show up to your plant waiting to be bombarded with everything that's going wrong. Between meetings, planning for new product lines, and keeping up with administrative tasks, you have to figure out exactly what's going wrong, where, and how to fix it. The only way to do that is to walk the floor and identify the problems yourself. Until now. Invisible AI is a manufacturing vision platform that uses AI cameras to track human motion and objects on the factory floor in real time. Our AI co-pilot helps everyone on the production team identify and resolve issues quickly. We highlight operators who need support, reduce response time for maintenance and safety issues, and identify new opportunities for continuous improvement faster than ever. Invisible AI is a record of truth that shows you what is really happening in your factory, and most importantly, what to pay attention to. Empower your workforce with Invisible AI. This podcast is brought to you by Promise Incorporated 
hosted by Matthew Rawl, mixed and edited by Ben Parsons, and produced by myself, Lauren Rawl. If you have any questions or would like to be on the podcast, please reach out to podcast at promiseinc.com.